You know, but when I was in college, <clears throat> I had a buddy of mine. His last name was Rubino. And he always talked about whenever something bad happened, you could be sure enough that it was going to happen to him. He called it the Rubino curse, right? Because he said whenever something happens, like, see, there you go. It's the Rubino curse. You know, and I think that at some level we all feel the same way. You know, sometimes we all say the same things. If there's ever going to be anything bad happens, look at Bill. It's going to be Bill that gets it. You know, whether it's minor or major, we could probably all say, there's the Balbock curse. Or throw in your name, right? You know, sometimes bad things happen. And have you ever felt like that? Like you're just cursed? Like you're just kind of have this dark cloud over your head and you don't know how to deal with it or what to do with it? In our, in our story today, in John chapter 9, we see that. We see a man who is blind since birth. John 9 verses 1 through 2, it says this as it introduces the story. As he, that's Jesus, along with the disciples, went along, he saw a man that was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, get this, here's the question of all questions. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? That's the question of humanity. Because here's the thing. I think it happened back then, and it happens in our hearts too. We come to the assumption that when someone is suffering, they did something to receive it. That's our heart. Oftentimes, whenever we see someone dealing with some bad stuff in their life, we're saying, okay, what did you do? What did you do now? You did this to yourself. You see this all throughout the scriptures. You go to the Old Testament, you read the story of Job. I encourage you, if you've never read that story, read it. Fascinating. Here's a man who had everything possible, and in a blink of an eye, he lost everything. His children, his livestock, his wealth, everything was gone. And then he had his friends who came from out of town to be the encouragers in his life. And how they started to encourage him was, Job, what did you do to deserve this? <laughs> and we do it today, too. It's the heart of humanity. You're suffering because you did something. And can I just be honest with you? Sometimes you do bring suffering into your life. Sometimes we make poor choices and we deal with the consequences of it. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes life just happens. And can I just be honest with you? I think you know this. Life, this world can be a pretty junky place. I mean, sometimes this life can beat us down pretty good. I've been in those moments, have you? Where it's just life just piles on, piles on, piles on, and it's just like, can I just get a breath, please? And there's life. And let's just be honest, sometimes some of the circumstances that we have to deal with are beyond our control. You can't control it. You didn't do anything to deserve it. But now you're left with the, the question, how do I deal with it? And that's the question we all have to wrestle with. <clears throat> when life happens, when you're dealing with things beyond your control, how do you deal with it? The disciples came to Jesus, okay, what did this man do to deserve this? And we ask the same question, what did I do to deserve this? And sometimes it's the hard answer is, you really didn't do anything. But now you got to deal with it. 
And here Jesus answered his disciples in um, verse 3, as he answered their question, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He said this happened so that the works of God might be displayed through him. Did you see that? His circumstances are so that my glory, Jesus is saying, can be revealed. Sometimes God, no, not sometimes, all the time, God is working behind the scenes for those who chase him to use whatever circumstances we are dealing with to what? To reveal his goodness. All the time. And this goes beyond what we were just talking about today. We've been talking about this for the past few weeks. If you've been with us over the past several weeks, you've heard this over and over again. It's kind of the theme of this whole series. You know, this is what God is doing. He's working behind the scenes for our good. All throughout the gospel, we see his theme over and over again. That his heart is to guide us on a path towards what? Righteousness. If there's one thing you walk away with from this whole message series, it's that. God's heart is to guide us on a path towards righteousness. God's heart is not, how can I make Bill's world and this physical world the best possible? That's not his heart. His heart is, how can I guide Bill and you towards him? What is spiritual, what is eternal? Because when you go on that path, when we deal with the reality of our circumstances, they're all so that he can work behind the scenes to reveal his glory. And his glory shouts from the mountaintops, God is good. God is good. And in him, you can experience his goodness. See, God uses our circumstances to showcase his goodness. That you know what? Guess what? This world, we try to chase all of our dreams found in this world. And all we find over and over again, man, this world stinks. It just stinks. But when I chase Jesus, in him I am constantly overwhelmed. Wow, he is good. And he wants to share his goodness with me, with you, little old knucklehead Bill. He wants to share it with me. And he wants to share it with you, too. His goodness guides us to bigger things. His glory reveals something, something beyond our understanding. And it always guides us towards good works. After Jesus said those things to, to, the, to the disciples, that this man didn't sin, it was to reveal that I might display myself through him. He says this in verse 4, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can Work. What Jesus is saying here is the same thing we see Paul continue out in Ephesians. In Ephesians, Paul says that we are to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. See, what Paul is saying there, what Jesus is saying here in this moment is, you are not guaranteed tomorrow. One day this opportunity is going to close. Night will come. Your chances of life and your opportunities will slow down and stop. All you have is this moment. And the circumstances of this moment. 
And if you chase me in the midst of your circumstances, not only will you experience my goodness, but you'll be able to showcase my goodness beyond your understanding. You see, here's the rest, here's the struggle. If you're like me, and we probably are similar in some regard in this way, we have become so ingrained, so ingrained in our mindset that our freedom, our happiness is found in the pursuit of the American dream and the American culture. And we think, boy, if I just pursue that more and more, then I'll be happy. And in my happiness, I'll find freedom in my heart. But we become a culture that has been so drained. We are so worn down. We are so beaten up, emotionally scarred. Why? Because our freedom is not there. Our freedom is in Jesus. And as I read the gospel stories... This, this hits me so often because my life is fast-paced, and it's go, 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 go. And I read the Gospels, and I start to realize how slow Jesus operated. How Jesus kind of just stopped and took in every moment, every relationship, every circumstance. And it just nailed me this week. How often my life is fly by and I miss so much. But every moment Jesus just stopped and took it in. In this story too. They were just walking by. They had somewhere to go. Somewhere to be. And the disciples, as you read their stories, they were constantly saying, Jesus, we don't have time for this. Let's go. But every moment Jesus said, no, stop. This man, he's my focus now. I'm not missing this opportunity. I'm not missing this circumstance. And I wonder how often for myself and maybe yourself too, because we're, so, we're running so hard to chase the American dream and the American culture that we miss the moment. The circumstances that God gave us right here, right now, to reveal his goodness, to reveal his glory, to experience it, and to express it. See, the American dream is not our pursuit of freedom. It's not found there. Jesus said he is freedom. In fact, he said this in John chapter 8, that his truth will set us free. Jesus is truth, and through him, he says, I will set you free. But we struggle with that. We struggle with that in two ways. Number one, we struggle with that because we live in a world that is constantly trying to redefine what truth is. And we're trying to reincorporate what truth is to us. Maybe sometimes to match what we feel or what we desire within our own hearts. But the Bible says that the God we serve is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He does not change. His truth is the epicenter of everything. And so if he is truth, he is the guide that we follow. Truth does not change. That's the problem number one, why we struggle with it. The, problem, the second problem is this. When we hear Jesus' truth will set us free. It's, I think sometimes because we're, we live in the McDonald's drive through kind of let me place my order and get what I want type of a society, we treat Jesus the same way. It's like, well, if I can just say this prayer and, and, and just do this little thing or just kind of, God, I'm going to give you a chance. We hope that maybe miraculously in that moment we will experience his freedom. 
don't. And we wonder why. Because Jesus never intended it that way. That's the American Christianity of things. What God revealed is his truth will set you free. But truth is only, freedom is only found in truth when you live out the truth. When you walk in the truth. You see, the Bible is this step-by-step guide to living. And Jesus says, when you live out my truth, you will experience my freedom. And too many times we experience partial freedom. Why? Because we're not really living for Jesus. We're living for ourselves and just kind of using God as a vending machine. Kind of give me what I want. Let me go on my day. And then we wonder, God, where are you? I'm not experiencing the freedom that you said you're going to give to me. And Jesus says, my truth will set you free. In other words, live by my truth and you experience my freedom. You get it? That's the gospel. That's Jesus' message to us in this world from the beginning of time to now. That's his message for us. And God uses our circumstances to guide us towards that and towards his truth. You know, but in order for us to experience that, we need to experience his, his truth in our life. You know, it's, it's kind of like when we watch natu- National Geographic. You know, we kind of get that and we're like, wow, that looks really cool. I love Africa. I do. I, I, it's really neat. I could talk hours and my families are so sick of hearing my stories about Africa. So if anybody wants to grab coffee and can share stories about Africa, you'll save my family. And I get to share my stories. Anyways. But we see that. And we think, wow, that's so cool. I see what's going on around the world because I turned on the news tonight. But we don't know nothing. Why? Because there's a difference between seeing it and living it. Right? When I was in Africa, I lived it, I smelled it, I saw it, I heard it, I experienced it. And when I came home, everybody wanted the five-minute elevator speech. What happened in nine weeks in five, in five minutes, right? You can't. And then I quickly realized, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Because why? You didn't live it. You didn't smell it. You didn't see it. You didn't experience it. And you just can't grasp it. Not that there's anything wrong with either person. It's just there's a disconnect. And the same is true in our spiritual journey. It's like we kind of look at the Bible in a glance, hey, that sounds really cool. And we kind of go on our way. But Jesus says, no, I want you to live it. I want you to breathe it. I want you to hear it. I want you to smell it. I want to be every fabric of your being. I want to be your life. And then you experience my freedom. But until that happens, we just kind of get this kind of overall newscast story. And we don't really live it and experience it. But his truth will set you free when you apply it to your life. When you live it out. The guy in our story, he wanted to experience the freedom from Jesus. Yet, in order for him to experience it, Jesus said, okay, here's the steps. Walk towards me. Walk towards me, and I will give you the freedom. And as you read the rest of the story, I encourage you, we're not going to be able to get to all the nitty-gritty of the story. Go home and read John chapter 9. This is a fascinating story. Crazy, because it will blow your mind away what happens if you don't know the story. But Jesus, he says, okay, here's a man that wants to, be bl- that wants to see. He's been blind since birth. The whole crowds are gathering around. Okay, here's this miracle worker. What's going to happen? They're, they're all expecting the Jesus to go, wah, right? I can see. That's what they're expecting. 
But then Jesus does something that makes um, those who are germaphobes cringe. So germaphobe people, you probably would be like, who is this man? But here, Jesus all of a sudden, he gets this big old hawker, right? He spits in some mud in his hand, and he mixes it up. And I'm sure everybody's like, dude, that is disgusting. And Jesus takes this mud, and he wipes it on this man's eyes. And they're just thinking, Jesus, just make him see. What are you doing? And this blind man, he's probably thinking, okay, this is, this is awkward. I got a man saliva in my face. And Jesus says, go wash in the pool. Okay, I've been wanting to wash in the pool because you got my spit in my face. And he goes in there, bends down into the pool of Siloam. And he takes the water and he starts splashing it. And all of a sudden it begins to happen. These rays of light that he never experienced before just start shining in as he wipes the mud off. And he can't wipe fast enough and he's wiping harder and faster. He opens his eyes and, guys, I see it. Peter, John. There's red, there's blue. I see every color. I got 20-20 vision. This is amazing. What just happened? Can I just tell you something? Sometimes being obedient to Jesus makes no sense to us. But I think sometimes that's the point. I think sometimes that's the point. Because Jesus is not trying to make sense for you. He's trying to guide you towards his heart. He's looking for obedience because in obedience we find freedom. And that's what he's guiding us towards. The path towards righteousness. Did Jesus need to spit in the mud and put the mud on this guy's face? No. But he was guiding this guy towards obedience, towards the path of righteousness where he found freedom. Freedom. And people noticed. The people Notice, when God transforms your life, when you allow God to transform your life, make no mistake about it, people will notice. And then God has the opportunity to use your circumstance to bring hope into their lives. That's how he works. He's always working behind the scenes to reveal his glory, to reveal his goodness. And when they notice, it's your light time to shine and share your story. God is good. God is good. This man, that's what happened. As soon as he was healed, everybody was like, what just happened? Jesus left, and they started grabbing this man, come over for dinner. What, tell us what happened. Like, were you lying to us, dude? Were you really blind? Were you blind for the past 20 years? Come on, tell us the truth. Were you, just, were you just tripping us? Okay, you're really blind. Okay, then how did that happen? And this man is over and over again. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know this man. I, I just met him. And in verse 25, he replied to all these questions, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. See, that was the man's story. He says, I, I can't answer your questions. I don't know all the details. All I know is I was blind. Now I see, and it was Jesus. That's all I know. And guess what? God wants to work in your life too. In your circumstances, he wants to use them for his glory. 
And you can be just the same. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how this happened. All I know is I was messed up. Now I'm not messed up. Well, you guys are probably thinking, Bill, you are messed up. Okay, I'm not as messed up. And all I know, it was Jesus. That's all I can say. I don't have any other answers. That's your story. That's your story. And I don't like all the circumstances I face. I, let's Come on, let's be honest. There's some circumstances and I have to de- I've had to deal with and deal with in my life that I hate. And I'm sure you do too. But you know what? If God can use the circumstances with little old knucklehead Bill to bring hope in somebody's life, then so be it. So be it. Here's the beautiful thing. As we experience his hope, we have the opportunities to express his hope to others. You are the vessel of hope that God intended to reveal his glory in this world. You, us individually and collectively, are the vehicle of hope in this world, directed and guided by Jesus, the creator of everything that is. He wants to use your circumstances for you to experience his goodness and to express his goodness. I'm so excited because... To to take this a step further, we have some great friends here today, Rob and Carla with Contact Mission that that we partner with as a church. And, uh, you know, God is moving through their missions. And I'm just going to invite them up because I want to, there's some great stories of how God is using circumstances in Europe to, to reveal his goodness. So check out this video as Rob comes up to the stage. It's painfully obvious our world is in desperate need of the gospel of Jesus. And this need is perhaps most evident in Europe more than anywhere else in the world. Europe is by far the least Christian continent in terms of real faith and Bible-believing churches. Contact International, or KM, is a multinational networked mission movement that started in the heart of Europe. By movement, We mean we're rapidly expanding in sometimes unexpected ways, and we're always entering into new countries and fields and new kinds of mission work while maintaining our foundation in scripture and in sound mission principles, including an emphasis on church planting and discipleship. And this movement operates through our network. It's a network of mission bases in several countries of the missionaries they send out and of the many individuals and churches who stand behind them. As of late 2020, KM's multinational team of over 360 missionaries serves in 58 countries around the world, with a sending and receiving epicenter in Europe. KM's mission is expressed in these three words, send, plant, multiply, which we see as essential to our DNA. They represent a process, but they are also standalone goals. We always want to send out missionaries according to the Great Commission, We always want to start or plant churches everywhere because good churches are where disciples of Jesus are made. And we always want to multiply all of this just like we see happening in the book of Acts. 
We exist to solve mission problems, to make mission work possible where it's being hindered. Practically, that means helping with sending God's people to do complex ministry in sophisticated places, like all around both Eastern and Western Europe, where the people are educated and belong to rich and ancient cultures. Contact challenges you to live called, and we always ask, and what moves you? What is it that God is calling you to do? Can we help you or your church to face down a challenge that's hindering you from going or hindering the gospel from going forward? That's why we exist. How can we use our mission energy to help you respond to your calling? Well, hey, we're so excited to have you here, Rob. And, uh, you know, as we talk about God using our circumstances to reveal his glory, it just is an honor to be here with you. And our partnership with Contact Mission is so exciting. So tell us a little bit about Contact, what's going on. Yeah, first of all, let me say um, thank you for, for having Thank you for having me, for having us. Thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. I'm loving this message this morning. I got to hear it uh, twice now. And... Uh, I really don't think you need me up here. I think you need to be, uh, you know, just doing the whole 30 minutes or whatever it is by yourself. This is great stuff. I love what you're saying about um, God using our circumstances and, and, and moving things that way. Contact Mission um, started in, in Europe. So we, we started as a European ministry um, about 40 years ago, a very small thing, and, uh, but it was very kind of grassroots European. And now, like the video said, we're from a bunch of different countries. We have a bunch of different missionaries. All those missionaries come from 40-some countries. I think it's 45 countries right now. And um, they're serving in 58 countries. So that's, that's a, a big part of who we are. It's a very international group. And we really want to plant churches, like it says. We really want to send out missionaries. We want to partner with local uh, believers in these countries where we work. And uh, we want to multiply it all, like it says. We want it to, to, to blow up because that's what God is doing in the world. He is, he is um, um, magnifying his name throughout, throughout the nations. And, and we want to be part of that. Absolutely. And just knowing some of the stories and some of the missionaries that are under your umbrella are tr truly fascinating. And one thing that I know has all of our hearts right now as we turn on the news is the situation in Ukraine. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it, it's, you know, it's sad to see what's going on. But also, I don't know how to term this right, it's a joy to see how God is working behind the scenes. So tell us about your work in Ukraine, what's going on with that. Yeah, it, it is hard to say that, isn't it? But that's exactly what we have to say. We have to say God is moving in this. Um, Contact Mission started in Europe, like I said, and actually our largest country in terms of the number of missionaries we have, uh, number of people we have or had on the ground is Ukraine. Um, it's the, the place where we have the most people. And um, uh, a lot of those families um, are, are scattered now. Um, I don't know if you heard the stories, but some of the, uh, some of the men have to stay behind and go back to, their, to the, where they're from. The women have left the country or they've left uh, to go to the west of Ukraine where it's a little safer. And so those, those families are all um, uh, divided up and, and shattered. And it's really, really troubling. Um, and I don't, if you can imagine this, I mean, I watch it on the news, too. We're watching the news every day. And you're seeing this, and it's all kind of geopolitical. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, um, it's the news, right? There's always a war somewhere. And this is today's war. This is the war. 
but these are people we know. Um, this uh, one of the guys, you see, I think his picture's up here, is Ivan of Cherenka, Ivan and Lucia. Uh, they run a seminary um, and are involved in the church plant. That church plant that you saw a lot of the pictures of, they're involved in that church plant. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they were at our, our, our house for Thanksgiving um, at our table, at our house in the United States. And so to hear what's happened to their family, she's uh, with the kids, she's in Poland, um, uh, he's back running like a, a way station uh, for, uh, for refugees that are coming through there in Kremenchuk, which is kind of central Ukraine. So people are coming from the east, coming from the north, uh, and they're stopping there, getting, getting a hot meal, getting a shower, getting one night's sleep, and then taking off uh, toward the west to escape. And this is, this is the situation he's working in now. He used to run a seminary and run a church plant, and now he's running that. And uh, what's great, though, I, mean, I, I can just, if I can just keep talking for a second. What's yeah. great, though, is I talked to him the other day, and he looked happy. He was excited uh, because great stuff was going on. And this, this is where it comes back to your message. Um, the opportunities for the gospel, the opportunities for hope to be shared, for love to be shared, were actually encouraging. I mean, he was encouraged. I mean, he was visibly smiling and like, yeah, let's, let's do this thing. He, he said, um, he said uh, people... People are, uh, uh, you know, bad English, you know, people are repairing, uh, repairing. I said, repenting, maybe? <laughs> repenting? Said, yeah, repen repenting. People are repenting, coming to Jesus in the midst of all of this because of uh, the hope they're seeing and, and the love they're being shown. Absolutely. That's great to see. And, you know, just encourage you guys, not everything you see on the news is yeah. real, okay? Yeah. I know we see a lot of junk on the news, and, yeah, there's a lot of junk happening. It's a lot of bad stuff. But God is working, He's working, he's moving, and he wants us to partner with that. It's such a blessing to yeah. see him working and doing that. In one of the pictures, we saw the pastors gathering before the war happened. You know, how many pastors, how many, you know, churches do you have in the Ukraine? Yeah, the number of churches, I can't tell you because some of them are like double church plans oh, gotcha. and things like that. Um, but uh, we have 20, or had 20 units, um, that's uh, um, families. So that's a, that represents a lot of people. Um, some of them are pretty large families. Um, I think you know one guy we know has nine children, mm -hmm. a wife and nine children. So um, they've been scattered. Um, uh, all of that is is part of what's going on there, though. They they're still in place. They're still doing what they can do um, uh, locally back home while the women and children left. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but what Contact Mission is doing in Ukraine is is really spread around the whole country. There's a lot a lot going on. Um, and, and also, I should say, and I, did, I forgot to mention this in the first service, so you're getting the extra. <laughs> there's, a, there's a refugee camp that has been built in the last week and a half mm. in Romania. The, the Romanian government came to one of our people in Romania and said, hey, you have this piece of land, would you mind building a refugee camp? And they said, sure, <laughs> we'll build a refugee camp. So they brought in, uh, they brought in container uh, housing and things like that and set that up. Uh, so our people have been involved in that as well. That's great. You know, yeah. I, all, I believe that in the darkest of moments, God's light shines the brightest. Yeah. You know, and it's just seeing that and, and happening is, is truly, truly.
really awesome. Really happy people, really joyful people because of uh, the things that are being done. Uh, it's, 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 not, it's not fake. It's, it's very real. Absolutely. And it's not just Ukraine. You guys have ministry happening all throughout Europe and some stateside. And, yeah. and uh, one person, um, some of you may know, uh, a good friend of mine, Brett, yeah. um, he is a partner with you. And he does, you can explain better. What does Brett do specifically? Brett has an, an apologetics ministry called KPOL, Contact Apologetics, which is um, designed to teach truth, to teach uh, about the real Jesus, overcoming the lies that this world is throwing at us, the culture is throwing at us. Um, he, he calls it um, international apologetics with an individual touch. So he's always interacting like online uh, and phone calls and online with, uh, with people who are skeptical and have questions and discussing the faith with them. So it's a great ministry based here in the States, but also working in all these different countries. Yeah, and what's fascinating to me is, is what he does is, is he has his, his stuff that he's writing and he's trying to um, translate it into every um, language. And then he, puts, he has a YouTube page and he sends it to those areas, those regions of the world. Another great, if you didn't know this, a partnership that we do as a church with Contact Mission, um, with Brett's ministry, is you know we have the the Brazilian group here, and uh, you know we're trying to grow our ministry with our Brazilian family, and we provide the Portuguese translation, and then our um, our translator Lisa, I think she's in the back. Lisa, why don't you stand up for a second? Lisa, who's our Portuguese translator in the back. <clears throat> um, you know, she is helping translate some of the stuff for Brett that's now being sent <clears throat> to Brazil. And so it's just such a cool partnership that we collectively have um, together as a church with contact with what's happening, not just within our walls, but beyond our walls, you know, globally. It's exciting to be a part of that. So, <clears throat> Rob, what, how more can, like, what can we do yeah. to be involved? It's a great question. And I think it's, it's, it's one that needs to be answered a little more forcefully, maybe. Um, don't be thinking that you shouldn't be a missionary. It, because there's an excellent chance that, uh, that in the, a room this size, there's somebody who's probably being worked on by the Holy Spirit right now to be a missionary. I, I, I can imagine it very easily. I've seen it time and time again. Someone needs to go and, and be a long-term uh, worker, and uh, we have ways of getting you there, finding a place to team, uh, uh, people to team up with, a place to go, and the resources you need um, to, to go and do that. Um, you know, I think, I think people kind of push that away. Ah, that can't be me. That's, that ain't me. You know, I, I'm somebody else. I'm, what'd you get, poor little knucklehead, Bill? Is that you? Um, uh, I, I think... I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that we can do is pray about that. Another thing that you can do as, as impact is you can talk it up. Talk up missions as the most important thing in the world. I mean, this is what the Great Commission was about, right? Go and make disciples of all nations. It's got to be important. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, he said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And... If that's what Jesus said, you know, he's got, this, got the crowd together, he's, he's making his final big command, and that's what he says. Go do that. Um, talk it up. Talk about it like it's important. Make sure that it's always important at this church, and that's everybody's responsibility, not just the ones who end up going. Other things you can do, you can go on a group trip. We can put an action team together for you to go, like that, uh, that team um, uh, in Romania, that, that, a group like that to go help that refugee camp, that kind of thing, uh, short-term trips. But also um, vision trips and go check out and go, go on a short-term, short-term, you know, two-week, three-week thing to go check out some places, serve some places if you, uh, if you can find something you can do there. And we'll try and hook you up with something that is appropriate for who you are. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, <clears throat> there's great ways that you can get involved. You know, my heart is that we become kingdom workers. You know, kingdom worker happens in twofold. Number one, you can be a missionary where you, in your day-to-day life, where yeah. you work. You know, how can you live for Jesus and use your circumstances? But just like what Rob said, I'm not denying that there may be someone sitting in this room right now that you just feel, man, God might be calling me to something different and just stepping out. When I was in college, I went on a mission trip. It was through a different missions organization to, to Haiti. And I'll never forget, there was an older retired couple that was with us on that trip. And they went on that trip. She brought all these gloves. She was, so, she was a germaphobe. So she had all the gloves, everything. She was so scared to death of all the germs, you know. And, and then she never opened her bag of gloves. And then they left that and they became missionaries. Mm. You know, God moved in their life. And that, God might be working in your life too. Um, I'm sure there's someone right now that God's speaking to. This is real stuff. Um, uh, people are going. Uh, we're, we're sending people right now. We have a bunch of people in our pipeline to go. And uh, yeah, maybe somebody here is one of the next ones. Yep. And so, and also, if you stop by their booth, they have a booth. Um, I told Rob, I think he has the best booth I've seen. Thank like, you very this much. This is truly Thank awesome. And so if you go out to the lobby, you can see how amazing his booth is and meet Rob and his wife, Carla. And they've got some great handouts. This is one that I really encourage you, if nothing else, go grab this. This is seven prayers for Europe. So one easy way that you can get involved is adding them. I hope you're doing your daily encounters with Jesus. You can add this to your prayer time. And so go grab this and just add these to your, to your daily prayer. How am I praying for the people in Europe, for contact mission, what God is doing there, how he's using those circumstances. So make sure you meet Rob and Carlo there and grab that. Just so you know, too, every time you, you give financially to Impact, you are partnering with us to partner with, with Contact Mission, the other missions that we support, to, so that we can continue this and even do bigger and greater things in our partnership as we move forward. But also, as a missions team, our missions team is, a, is an awesome crew, and they're developing some, you know, as we get out of this crazy pandemic, you know, some possibilities of, of mission trips in the near future. Um, but you don't really have to wait for us either. I mean, we've had people from our church individually go with contact mission on their own. So if you have, like, a burning desire, I want to go, you, know, don't, you don't have to wait on us. You could meet Rob and Carla, and they will, they'll send you on a plane tomorrow if you want to. Um, it's expensive if you go tomorrow. That's, that might wait, be true. A couple, couple of weeks, yeah. But God has the opportunity for you, and there's great ways that we collectively as a church are partnering with them, but there's also ways for you to individually even take some bigger steps to partner together as well. Rob, is there any final things that you'd love to share with us? Yeah, I mean, I just want to say, uh, you know, missions is the most interesting thing going on in the world, and it's interesting for a reason, because God's in it. You know, there's all the, all the stuff like the cultures and foreign languages and travel, that's all interesting. But God is in missions. It's his project. It's what he's doing in the world. He is saving the world, and he's using us. <laughs> and that makes missions remarkably interesting and, and um, exciting. But missions is also uh, important, and missions is also obedience, like mm-hmm. you were talking about today. You've got to take those steps of obedience. Um, thank you for, uh, for, for being that way, being an obedient church, being an obedient uh, um, lead pastor here that is teaching that stuff. Um, and I just encourage you to, to obey, be a part of what God is doing in the world of missions, and uh, enjoy the, the interestingness of it as you do. It's amazing. Absolutely. Rob, I thank you so much. It is truly an honor to call you a friend, a brother in Christ, and to serve alongside you of what God is doing globally in our world, because he's moving, and it's exciting, yeah. even, in our, even with all the junk going on, 
to see what God is doing behind the scenes to reveal his goodness. It's real. amazing stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you, thank you for, for us to have the honor to be a partner with you, um, just to see that. And just, just remember, God, whatever circumstances you have in your life, God wants to use those to reveal his goodness. You know, he wants you to experience his hope and to express his hope. So how, how can you just run towards him? Whatever you're dealing with in your life, run towards Jesus and you'll experience something beyond you could ever imagine and you'll have the opportunity to change the world. Change the world one person at a time, just like Jesus did. Rob, thank you so much. Can I just pray for you as we close things out today? Let's pray together for Rob. Father God, I just thank you so much. I thank you so much for my brother Rob and his wife Carla and just who they are, the people that they are, such encur so encouraging. And the fact that they were faithful enough to listen to you to start this mission, maybe when they didn't even know how it all would work out. They took those steps in obedience. And just now to see the change and the life transformation that's happening all throughout Europe because of how you're working through them. And uh, Lord, just continue to bless Rob and Carla, bless Contact Mission, and all the missionaries that are connected with them, whether it's stateside in France, in Germany, in Romania, in Poland, or wherever else. But Father God, just bless them. And Lord God, right now, we just specifically pray for Ukraine. Mm. We know it breaks our heart every night we sit down and turn on the news and see more of what's happening. But Lord God, as our heart is broken by that mess, we know you are working in the chaos and your light is shining in the darkness and lives are being changed that are not being reported on the nightly news. And Lord God, we just pray that you continue to move in a mighty way. Protect those servants out there that are serving you on the ground. Father God, give them protection. Unite their families and just may they find their freedom in you. Thank you Lord. And Lord God, may you just change hearts and minds to your glory. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to serve you and to walk with you. And we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.